0: I apologize that um, there is going to be a drop off in energy. I, I can't match that. I, I wish I could. Oh, <laughs> uh, Rebecca is so so good to have you back. And um, air hugs or whatever we do next week is going to be going to be great for sure. Um, I want to begin with just a, a quick kind of summary of what uh, we've been looking at over the last few weeks and. I hope uh, that this has been an encouragement for you in the midst of all the things that we can't do right now, whether it's we can't get our hair cut or our nails done. We can't work out in a gym. We can't enjoy um, a hot meal in our favorite restaurant. Um, we, we can't, if, we're, if you're a student, you can't um, go back to the classroom this fall. um, I am glad that there is one thing that we can do, and that is that we can have these moments, these touch points between heaven and earth, these encounters with God. Over the last few weeks, um, I've had a ladder in the background, and we're going to look at a, a couple of other ladder pictures that some of you sent here in just a minute. But Um, This started uh, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, and Genesis is the story of a young man named Jacob. Uh, He was probably very early on in his spiritual journey. Maybe this was the beginning of his spiritual journey, um, kind of the tipping point. He had a vision of a ladder that extends from heaven to earth, and I say it that way like it's extending from heaven to earth. It's not like something that he set up on earth that he hoped would reach to heaven. It was this ladder or stairway that that reached all the way down. Uh, angels ascending and descending on this ladder in this vision, and Jacob has an encounter with the divine. It was a touch point between heaven and earth, between Jacob and God. Now, in those times, something like that was rare. But as we continue reading the Bible, we see that God is always coming down to meet his people. He is the God who is continually coming to us. And there's no greater example of this, of course, than Jesus giving up heavenly rights to walk this earth as one of us. And before he ascended to heaven after his resurrection, he gave us the promised Holy Spirit to be with us. Again, God with us us, coming to us, not teasing us by saying, if you're good enough, you can come up to me, but rather continually coming to us. And these divine touch points or ladders, as we have referred to them, are everywhere. That's why I'm saying, if we are in a season where there are so many restrictions, but there is absolutely no restriction on the number of ladders that are coming to us in Marin or wherever you find yourself. Uh, we we got really honest and said that Marin is maybe not a place known for reverence for God yet. <laughs> it is actually a place, uh, Marin is actually a place bursting with God's presence and activity. The question is, do we have the eyes to see the ladders and will, uh, and do we have the will to interact with God as he comes to us in the every day of life here in Marin? And so, um, we um, have a couple of ladders that I want to show you. The first one is kind of our series graphic. Um, it is one that um, we must confess uh, was photographed, uh, uh, photoshopped. Um, no one of us carried a ladder to the top of Mount Tam, although I'm sure Bruce Mace um, has in the past done something like that. Uh, we uh, So we have this And this is just um, on location, seeing uh, Jesus throughout Marin. Um, We have other pictures as well. Um, uh, Brian Kaplan is doing uh, some stuff with the kids this week. He creates a, um, uh, a project each week and drops them off in the homes of our kids for them to assemble this. Uh, I don't know scale. I don't think this is a full-size ladder, but this is what the kids received, and their story this week is based on the story of Jacob's ladder in Genesis. So this is a, a completed ladder that they can build. Um, that just amazes me that Brian is able to build stuff like that and uh, create these kits for kids uh, to get their hands on uh, with this kind of learning. Um, we have a picture from, uh, from Dave over at Woodlands Market. And for him, he, when he saw this ladder, um, oh, this is the one, sorry, my fault, leave this one up. This is the uh, inside of an area that's being renovated in Napa. Uh, I think uh, Carissa sent this one to me. And for me, what this is a, a picture of is um, God meeting us in us where he is building something new. Um, he meets us in us where he's doing this transforming work. And now uh, this picture of a ladder um, on Woodlands Market, it's in the back of Woodlands Market. And uh, this is, those are actually uh, uh, little power packs for having to do with solar panels. And um, when, when Dave sent this to me, he was talking about how um, this is just a reminder to him of the power of God's Son and and how that is coming to us on a regular basis. And then today, uh, there is uh, there are hiking trails. I found out that there are roughly 600 miles of trails in Marin County. Did you know that? Uh, at least that's what one of the websites that I looked at said. And if it's on the internet, we know it's true. Um, but uh, 600 miles of trails right here in Marin. And our story today takes place on a dusty seven-mile trail between Jerusalem and Emmaus. And it's actually one that um, the characters did this trip, kind of a round trip. And so just to give you an idea of of how far that is, it would be that round trip from Jerusalem to Emmaus and back would be like walking from our church to the Golden Gate Bridge. Uh, Roughly 14 miles is, is that distance. And here's what I want us to consider. Emmaus is the road between the now and the not yet. And this Emmaus Road story that we're going to look at, we meet two people at a point when the life they wanted had been ripped away and the future life not yet revealed to them. It's the road people walk when the world has spun out of control or seems altogether dead in the water, and there's not much to do other than go to the next town, go to the next place in hopes of rebuilding. For us, an Emmaus Road is that road, that path, that trail we find ourselves on when our world has spun out of control, our dreams appear dead, and we feel that there is little we can do to change life's circumstances. In other words, COVID-2020 specifically in a time of uncertainty and waning hope, I want us to see Jesus. And in today's story, which has a very Marin-like feel as these two people uh, were hiking along a dirt path, I want us to see how we can engage in conversations with each other in ways that evoke the presence of God, in ways that help us notice the ladders. There are ladders, there are touch points between heaven and earth that take place in certain conversations that we will have with one another. So let's say that this week you choose to go on a hike with a friend or family member, what type of conversation could end up being a ladder conversation in which you encounter God on that trail? What type of conversation would help you open up to see a ladder, a touch point in the here and now of our very uncertain world? Are there helpful tips so, so we don't miss God in our midst? So let me give you a little bit of, of context for this story, This story that we're about to read. It takes place on a Sunday. It takes place not just on any Sunday. It is Resurrection Sunday. Jesus has risen and exited his garden tomb. He has made an appearance to Mary and other women in the very early morning hours. But at this time, in the story that we're about to read, most people were unaware that Jesus had risen. They knew that he died and was buried, and to them, they thought that's the end of the story. Um, And the few who were told that he had risen were having a really hard time believing it. In Luke 24, we read about these two people who had put great hope in Jesus as the promised Messiah, but are extremely distraught over his death. Cleopas and an unnamed disciple in this story. They have no idea that Jesus is alive, that he was raised from the dead. They just know that what they thought was going to be the life has completely crumbled beneath their feet. I was talking to Beth about this earlier um, in the week. How many people thought 2020 was going to be their year? I mean, it was going to be the year for whatever. How many of us are now thinking 2020? is a year that we want to very quickly forget. (laughs) So here they are, they're in a situation where they thought this is it. Jesus is the Messiah and now life has crumbled or so they think beneath them. Uh, They're in shock, maybe they even feel a little foolish for having placed so much faith and hope in Jesus. And so now we pick up the story in Luke 24 as they're walking away from the great life that they had pinned their hopes on. In verse uh, 13, I'll put some of these, um, some of these verses I'm gonna put in the chat feature. Um, You can follow along, of course, in your Bible. I'm gonna start in verse verse 13. I've got a few verses um, there for you to look at. Um, Now that same day, Resurrection Sunday, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. Boy, can you imagine what that conversation was like? Talking about not just the crucifixion and just the heart-rending part of that, but that things just did not turn out the way they thought they were going to. Understatement. Verse 15, as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them total latter experience here, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them named Cleopas asked him, are you the only one? This is so funny when you realize <laughs> he didn't know, she, Cleopas didn't know that this was Jesus that was in their midst. They say to Jesus, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? And so what does Jesus say in response to that? Does he kind of, you know, see this as as an opening where he's going to be like, well, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure I know what's going on. It was me. Hello. No, he says, what things? And he opens up the door for this conversation So if we're going to engage in conversations where Jesus himself joins us in those conversations, where we sense, okay, this is a touch point. God is in this conversation that we're having. What are some characteristics of that? Is it possible for you and I, for you and a close friend, for you and a family member to engage in conversations in a way that help you encounter Jesus in the day-to-day? There are, and I think this passage, this story gives us some clues. The first thing is you gotta be willing to go there in conversations with space to be honest. Do you have conversations where you really go there and you're honest? When we walk and talk about real things with one another, even when, especially when it's difficult or awkward, it's an invitation for Jesus to come near. It's easy for us to want to avoid those difficult or awkward conversations, but I believe that we have an opportunity to encounter Jesus in our midst when we go there. Choose to go there in your conversations with others. Choose to walk together. This in and of itself is a profound choice in our day of independence, in our culture that says you can do this by yourself choose to walk together, choose to listen and sit with one another, wait with one another, choose to share the joy and the pain, all things. And it says, um, it says this. I think this gives us some clues as to how we can um, go there. They, it says, they stood still, their faces downcast. Now, now picture this, they're walking along, this stranger Jesus walks along with them. So now it's the three of them. They're walking. Jesus asks a question. And this is such a, a, a heavy moment for them that they stood still. Have you ever been walking with someone and then something happens in the conversation where you just stop? That's what's taking place here. They st- still, their face is downcast. There are some people we're comfortable doing things with, but then there are hopefully a small handful of people that you're comfortable being still with, to not have to do something all the time, especially if that doing is really a way of masking the deeper issues that you're struggling with. So my question for you is, who can you be still with? that's not a chat feature question, but it is something that I want each of you to to reflect on. Who in your life can you be still with? Maybe it's somebody who's getting up at five o'clock so that you can have a prayer waiting on you at seven o'clock. Who is someone that you can be still with? Who would recognize when you are downcast? Those are the key people in your life for many reasons. But one of the reasons is because those relationships are where ladders appear. God appears in the stillness and the honesty of expression. This may be kind of common sense, but I wouldn't expect Jesus to draw near as we discuss our favorite cheese, the score of last night's game, or how much the shoes cost. In other words, we need to talk about things that Jesus would feel welcomed and even eager to join in on. Yes, we will always talk about things that are going on in life. The weather. (laughs) You can talk about your favorite cheese. Actually, there are some cheeses that are really good. Um, I hope that doesn't give you heartburn, reaching back to our earlier question. But uh, we talk about what's going on in life. That's great. But at some point, we have to go there. And we go there and we discuss how life's circumstances are impacting our heart and our soul. A deep and meaningful conversation does not guarantee that you will sense an added nearness of Jesus' presence. It's not like we can dictate or control uh, Jesus' activity. But certain conversational environments are more conducive for being graced by his presence. Our part, create an environment, a habitat in our friendships and conversations where Jesus would feel comfortable and invited to walk with us and join in the conversation. And then Jesus says in verse 19, they've, they've kind of said, you know, hey, have you not heard about the things that are going on? And And Jesus replies with this question, what things? And I think this is a key point in this conversation. Keep in mind, Cleopas and the unnamed disciple are not yet aware that this is Jesus they're talking with. Jesus gives us a great example here of what it is to be a good listener. By asking this open-ended question, what things, Jesus did not rush in with answers or to fix the situation. Instead, Jesus gave them space to open up and to talk. We are in a season where people need space. You and I need to give each other space to open up and to talk, to answer the what things question. They're really important things. Now, could Jesus have immediately given them answers to all their questions? Could he have rushed in to fix the situation and say, hey, you don't need to feel that way. He could have, but he didn't. Jesus honored the place of these two people on their journey. This is a great picture of the ladder meeting them where they were. He didn't set her ladder up and say, hey, as soon as you figure this out, then you can join me on this journey. He honored the place of these two people on their journey. He accepted them as they were. He met them where they were in that moment. So here's my question for you. And this is just going to be a simple yes or no. If you want to use the chat feature, you're welcome to. Has has the pandemic or the civic unrest that we are experiencing in our country, has it made it harder or easier for you to listen to your friends about how they are doing? Let me ask that again. Has the pandemic or just all of the unrest in our country, Has it made it harder or easier for you to be a good listener for your friends about how they are doing? What's that like for you? I think this is a prime time for us to be good listeners, for us to create space for that that co-worker that maybe you feel like you don't have anything in common with, to listen to what he or she is going through. And maybe a follow-up question to this could be how many uh, have the many and very challenges that we have been going through made it harder or easier for you to talk to your friends about Jesus? Could it be that these difficult times are one way that makes it actually an open door? for us to, to go there in conversations, to say, I hear you, this has been so difficult, and I don't know where I would be if it wasn't for the help that God has given me through some good friends. The, what Rebecca shared with us about what her friend is doing, what if we just shared a story like that to our unchurched friends? Hey, i I cannot tell you how much it has meant to me in this season to know I have people praying for me. Go there. We go there. And I see just from the chat feature, I, I knew this was going to be a mixture. Some of us are going to find it a little harder, heavier to listen to our, our friends and family with what they're going for. Others it's going to be easier because it's just, it's it's raw. Or everything is right there at the surface anyway. By asking questions that create space for people to open up, we are showing that we care about them. In fact, we are showing that we care more about how they are doing than about how we will look by giving a bunch of smart-sounding answers. That's hard, isn't it? You might truly know the answer to what your friend or family member is struggling through. You might, as parents, have the answer to your child's dilemma if they would just listen (laughs) You might, as a boss, have the right answers for your struggling employee, but rather than wow someone with an answer, rather than use a quick fix answer so that you can move on from what's awkward or unpleasant, because that's sometimes what we do, is we just try and throw an answer out there to alleviate the awkwardness. These latter moments are when we allow that person to express what is on their heart we say to them, what things? What things have you stressed? What things are you most concerned about in the days ahead? What things in this current season do you miss the most? What things have been keeping you up at night? What things are troubling you? What things are sustaining you and filling you with hope? sometimes these conversations aren't like face-to-face conversations Um, i think it's interesting that a part of this conversation that the two were engaged in before jesus they were talking about real life situation i'm imagining that they were walking side by side that's usually when we go on a hike with someone it's we're not facing each other as we hike and have you noticed that sometimes it's easier to open up and have a conversation when you're not knee-to-knee and eye-to-eye you can go for a walk with someone. I've, I've gone fishing with guys that I am amazed at how much a guy can open up and talk when he's got a fishing pole in his hand. We're not looking at each other. We're looking straight ahead. Another setting, maybe when you get uh, shoulder to shoulder serving together. I wonder what kind of conversations could come up um, tomorrow at the MLK Bayside Garden serving together. Sometimes just engaging in a physically exerting activity side by side rather than facing each other creates a a situation where it's just a little bit easier to open up. But the important part here, the important component here is intentionality. Intentionally discuss what has happened and do so in a way that creates an open, honest environment for Jesus to draw near. Before this day is over, uh, my family and I are going to be going over to the Kaplan's with some others in our, uh, in our faith community that meets on Sunday nights and we will laugh and we will have all kinds of conversations. But I also know that we intentionally, w- we wanna go there. We wanna create a space where we can just be honest with each other about how life is. Who is that person that you can be still with? Let me read another verse in this story. And just so you know, there was so much in this that I, um, I turned this into a two-parter. So we're going to come back to this story on the Emmaus Road next Sunday as well. But I want to close uh, with this before we, we take communion. Um, in these latter moments, in these touch points between heaven and earth, when Jesus draws near, um, you may get heartburn. And here's what I mean. This is cheesy. Embrace the cheese. (laughs) Verse 30 of Luke 24. By this time, they've taken their time off. Uh, they've, They've stepped off of the path they got to wherever it was that they were going. They invited, they begged Jesus to stay with them. And when he was at the table with them, he took bread and gave thanks and he broke it and he began to give it to them. And then their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And then he disappeared from their sight. And they asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? Were not our hearts burning within us? This is I asked at the beginning of our Zoom time. There are some foods primarily of the acidic variety that will give me heartburn. If you get heartburn, I'm sure you've taken the time to notice what foods will affect you and to what degree. By noting what I've eaten, whether in a food log or through intentional mental notes, I've got a pretty good idea of what creates that burning sensation. So here's the application here. If you know what foods give you heartburn, then why not pay attention and note the things that make your heart burn for the presence of God in your life? This heartburn experienced by these two Jesus followers is a good kind of heartburn. I hope you're realizing that. But I believe that we discover that through repeated experiences of our hearts burning within us when Jesus is present. And they said they recognized, did not our hearts burn within us in our conversation with Jesus, and when he opened the scriptures, and we opened up to the scriptures. So in other words, in prayer, and opening the scriptures, we can develop heartburn over time. The more we spend time in prayer, the more we spend time in the scriptures, the more we are placing ourselves in an environment, this habitat where we um, are more likely to have these touch points, these latter moments. As you engage in spiritual practices repeatedly and intensely, you grow to discern those times that are like soul food with this heart-burning sensation of Jesus' presence. They recognize Jesus in the breaking of bread. I want us to do that right now. I want us to experience our hearts burning spiritually from the bread and the juice, the bread and the cup that represent the body and the blood of Jesus. And after we do, we're going to, uh, we're going to sing a song that is basically again saying uh, we want heaven to come to earth. We want to experience that breakthrough, but Jesus came. To us, God is continually coming to us and he came to us in the form of human form. He came to us. uh, The Son of God came to us. And there was a special meal that apparently had such a tremendous impact that it was one that helped other people recognize the presence of Jesus in their midst later on, four days later to be exact. And Jesus, in this special meal, joined me here. Um, He took bread and he said, this represents my body, which is given for you. And he took the cup and he said, this cup of wine is the new covenant of my blood shed for you, shed for the atoning of your sins. And when you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you remember the sacrifice that Jesus made. So would you take with me and remember Jesus? Father, thank you for being the God who comes to us. Lord, thank you for being the God who I have experienced with so many on this Zoom call and some some quiet moments where I was privileged to be still with some of these precious people and my heart burned with your presence you graced us thank you for these people that have allowed allowed me to be open and honest about my journey may we be people who are great listeners on this Emmaus Road time that we find ourselves in. May we be people who are on the lookout for these divine encounters. Thank you, Jesus, for coming to earth, for sending your spirit to burn in us in this special time. It's in your name I pray. Amen.